1: Welcome to this Take 15 interview from CFA Institute. I'm Dave Larrabee. I'm joined by Roberto Rigobon. Roberto is a professor of applied economics at MIT's Sloan School of Management, whose research has recently been focused on international pricing practices and the development of alternative inflation measures, and that's going to be the topic of today's conversation. Roberto, welcome. Thanks for joining us. No, thank you
0: for the invitation.
1: Uh, Well, inflation's been a critically important measure for governments, consumers, and investors, uh, and yet the way it's been tracked um, hasn't really changed much over time. In fact, in the U.S., we're still measuring the same way we did decades ago, just uh, by surveying retailers and other businesses. Um, but you and a colleague at MIT may have uh, developed a, a better way to track prices. Um, so if you would, describe the Billion Prices Project to us, and including you know, what inspired it.
0: Perfect. Uh, so, so I I don't know if this is better. I will I will actually say this is different. So, but just a clarification. Um, so this is uh, what we do: is we collect uh, data from online retailers. So, and if you think about it, um, yeah, there are some sectors in which it makes a lot of sense to collect the data from online: uh, electronics, uh, clothing, uh, hotels, airline tickets. We mostly buy those items online. So those sectors are very well represented. So what we do is we go collect data online. Uh, Then we have like a hybrid approach uh, where we uh, try to combine the things that we learn uh, from online and the things that we learn from statistical offices. Um, Sectors where we don't collect good data will be, for example, healthcare and education. And then we put them together and construct indexes that are alternative in the sense of methods and data uh, gathering. This all started with a student of mine, Alberto Cavallo, he was um a phd student at that time and uh, and he wanted to compute the inflation rate of argentina in 2006 2007 um so he came to my office and uh, and for seek of help and and also because he, he knows that i was interested in trying to understand inflation rate internationally and uh, he had found this way to download data from online retailers and uh and from that we just uh, built a whole project and we moved from one country to the other. So it grew in a very disorganized fashion. First, it was Latin America, food only. But then when we moved to the United States, uh, that's when we realized that it was not only about food, it was about everything. And so you can have prices of haircuts. I mean, nobody gets a haircut online. I mean, unless they get our haircut. Our haircut online you can get, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, but the prices, all haircuts are online. The price of services are online. So, right. so we, learned, we had to learn how to do that. So it took a while. But, uh, but that's, it started by just trying to compute the inflation rate in Argentina.
1: Right. So how does your uh, index compare uh, in terms of composition to the U.S. Uh, Consumer Price Index? And, and how is it correlated with the CPI over time?
0: So I would say this. For every developed nation in general, about 60% of the indexes that we construct are based on online data. I, I mean, so let me explain what is not there. So healthcare, education, lawyers, the price of lawyers, that doesn't even exist online. You don't know what a lawyer will charge you ever. Okay, so, um, and there are some sectors of services that will not be present online. So th- that is a significant proportion of the CPI. Then there's another one that is kind of identical to the statistical office, which is real estate. Uh, we're kind of using the same uh, data source, so, so that will be identical. So 40%, when you add all those sectors, that will constitute about 40% of the CPI, so the, it is identical. Now, how does the index, the daily index that we produce behave? Uh, they, they do tend to behave differently, in the sense that online markets have, have a different nature than offline markets. So offline markets, people have more memory, they tend to be lower income. They tend to be older, more in, more patient. Um, online tend to be younger, higher income people that just want to buy on the moment, uh, and that means that stores know that and they they will have different dynamics behavior. So if you want to increase prices, offline you will increase prices slowly. Online you just increase prices right away, selling <laughs> you full amount. People don't don't remember them. So so when you look at the correlation of these in a year-on-year basis, I would say that they're almost identical. They, they, when I look at the inflation rate in United States, in our data, from 2008 to today, the cumulative, the discrepancy, will be 0.1%, 0.1 basis point, sorry, mm-hmm. but nothing. So 0.1 basis points. so nothing. And so um, so it's, That's it, it's just tiny, the discrepancy. And that would be true everywhere. But when you look month by month, yeah, the discrepancy can be very big because one is acting much faster than the other.
1: Right, uh, right, okay. So now you don't include online-only retailers like Amazon in the index. Uh,
0: no. Why is that? Oh, so so actually, uh, great, great question. It's not a matter of principle, uh, <laughs> like what we do. Most of the retailers that we include allow us to get the data. I mean, the biggest limitation, truly, will be am I allowed to get the data or not online? So, so that, that would be the first order. The first order. So sometimes uh, many pure online uh, stores uh, will say you cannot download our data. Um, uh, Amazon, for example, will be an example uh, that says you cannot web scrape. Uh, but other purely online retailers will say fine. So that's the first order. Then the second one, we actually pay attention to how representative the online retailer is. I mean, at the end, we want to compute an inflation that is representative of the United States or Japan or Germany. So we want to collect from a retailer that is representative of what is happening in that country. So so if I have a purely online place to sell airline tickets, then it's fine with me, uh, you see? So th- then I will collect from there. So, I mean, uh, I'm pretty sure the webpage from American Airlines is super representative of American airline prices. <laughs> <laughs> so so when you go to American Delta United uh, say uh, you know Southwest and JetBlue well that that seems to be the place where you would like to collect the prices when you go to a webpage that has only only the cheap price that you see that is not the behavior of the average you see even though you and I might buy the cheapest ticket for mm-hmm. vacation that is not representative so the biggest challenge here is what is representative. So we look at all the web pages and we feel this is a representative price of a transaction that actually takes place. Let me give you an example. I, I, wrote, I edited a book, a book ages ago. I think the book has sold five copies only and, and I have more than five members in my family, okay? So <laughs> th- not even my family has purchased my own crappy book. When you go to Amazon, my book has a price. Now, I do think that it should not belong to an index. <laughs> the fact that you find it online is not relevant, truly. And, and so, so, so these are the two most important criteria, you see? More than online versus offline will be, can we get the data? So are we allowed to get the data? And then the second one is, are you representative? So I, so if I can get the data from something that doesn't matter, I mean, we download, but we don't use.
1: Right, okay. Yeah. Uh, and you collect prices globally, what are some of the challenges? Are there any challenges with collecting data from emerging economies
0: so yes, so the idea of course of course there are big challenges because um the internet penetration is 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 much smaller in some emerging markets i mean of course, this depends on the on the sectors okay The biggest challenge is to collect services I would say i mean almost everybody sells. Hotels and airline tickets online that uh, almost all the developed nations middle income let me put middle income like Brazil, Chile, Hong Kong, you know South Africa Th- those countries are middle income uh, emerging markets they will s- a lot of the things that we had 10 years ago they have today okay so so airline tickets um, uh, things like food prices will be online but they don't do the transaction. They put like the catalog of prices, you see? So it's not a transaction price. You have to be more careful. Clothing the same. Clothing they put the catalog, but they don't sell. And you remember when we used to have the menus on i online that that was like a PDF? Sure. Uh, well, that's more or less where they are right now. So that means that, by the way, those challenges we know how to solve, so, so it's good. But the biggest problem are, are services and then uh, also understand the procedures of the statistical offices. When I go to Germany, the statistical office is very willing to share procedures. They're very transparent. And that allows me to understand how should I use the data that we gather, you see? I mean, they have a lot of knowledge about what is the relevant inflation rate in Germany. So when they share that information with us, we are able to translate that into retailers that are online. Some emerging markets are a bit more, less transparent than others, let me put it that way. <laughs> so um, so countries, some countries are very open, like uh, Brazil is super open, Chile is super open, and therefore in those places it's relatively easy uh, to understand how to collect the prices from services online and how to translate that into something that is relevant. But uh, when, they, when they're opaque, the only thing that we can do is to construct like a sub-index, like only food or only clothing or only electronics. I mean, just, it's very limited our ability mm-hmm. and because I don't know how to translate one to, into the other. Sure. That, that's the biggest. Now, when you go to frontier economies, they just don't have web pages. So Alberto Cavallo, uh, can, uh, he has continued uh, working his research in developing more and more techniques. He has a new technique where you take a picture of the, of the item. It's, it's an app he has two one is just a picture and the other one you just impute you take a picture and you impute the price Mm -hmm. and he's developing that to be able to collect prices in these local markets in relatively poor countries you have like a local market so you know that that looks like an apple and you know it's an apple so you take a picture you can detect an apple and then there's a price there right so so those farmers markets which are very common in poor countries Mm They are also very relevant. It's not only that there are many, it's that they're very relevant. We have those markets here in the US, but they're not that relevant. So, But he's developing the techniques to do that. And he's collecting the prices right now in Venezuela exactly that way. I mean, we have no data, no information in Venezuela, and there's no web pages. I mean, there are web pages, but you understand they're not sure. representative. So he just goes with the phones. And right. yes, I'm, you know. Uh, an army of people right. was uh, voluntarily right. doing all these pictures, taking pictures.
1: Fascinating. So what are the practical implications of your work for policymakers and, important for us, uh, asset managers? Asset manager. Yeah.
0: So I think that when I think about uh, our, our work, one implication will be to statistical offices and central banks about how they could change the data gathering, first to make it cheaper and maybe more relevant. Okay. So, to be honest, how many of us buy tickets in a travel agent? I mean, we don't. How many of us go to a stadium to buy a ticket for entertainment? Very rarely we do that. I, mean, I understand that some people do, okay? But, but we buy in Ticketmaster, in, uh, you know, <laughs> in, in all these event uh, web pages. And I understand they charge a big premium, but, but that's a more relevant transaction price than others. So there are some sectors that have moved entirely to online, and I think statistical offices and central banks are thinking really hard about when to move to that change. I don't think it's going to happen fast. I mean, sorry, I mean, let me put it this way. I think smaller countries are more likely to move faster because if I change the nature of the inflation rate in Canada, okay, it's important for Canada, but, but it's not a big impact to the world. If I change the stochastic processes of the inflation rate of the United States, that might have an impact on asset prices worldwide so i i I think that the the these very big countries will take much longer to change okay than central banks so but i th- I hope that there's an impact there that we have is a proof of concept that this can be done and hopefully some sectors they are moving and I think they're moving from investors i think that that the indexes that we produce that we distribute to the financial sector uh, through through a through state street, that hopefully this is an alternative information that, that you complement with the things that you already use. So this should not be a substitute. So you have internally, when you're doing your fixed income projections, you have a model to, to look at the inflation rate in the future. You complement that with you know, break-even rates. You complement that with the consensus. Hopefully you find that our data also contributes to understanding what that uh, state of the world looks like. And therefore, I think that that's where the applicability is. So, um, uh, in fact, kind of that's my hope on everything that I do is that I produce information that becomes useful and and, and actionable.
1: Great, Roberto, thanks very much for sharing your insights with us today. And thank you for watching. Copyright 2018, CFA Institute, All Rights Reserved. This program is designed to give accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is distributed with the understanding that CFA Institute is not engaged in rendering legal, accounting, tax, investment, or other expert advice. If legal advice or other expert assistance is required, the services of a competent professional should be sought.